support for Why Is That Important is 100% provided by you. We are blown away by the hundreds of downloads we've gathered over our first season, and we are super grateful to have the opportunity to host a second season. And even though submitting a podcast is free, there's a lot of other little expenses here and there, and that's where you come in. Even just a dollar a month goes a long way in making this podcast better. So, if you love this podcast and want to put some money behind it, go to patreon.com slash W-I-T-I, or you can click in the show notes. Uh, once again, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash W-I-T-I. We really appreciate it. And thanks for being a great listener. Why that the party? Why is that important? The podcast is called Why Is That Important? Hey there, and welcome to Why Is That Important, where regular people come for interesting ideas and perhaps a little debate. I'm your host, Joe Wanger, and today I am not here with my co-host, Andrew Martin. Uh, I had the privilege this week of being able to be on a crossover episode with a friend of mine. His podcast is called Yakking with Yordi. Uh, That's right, Yakking with Yordi. And uh, usually we have the privilege of being able to interview, but this time it was... Uh, just a, a conversation about a topic that is, um, I think, something that if you're a church goer, it's something that is usually on your mind at least some point in your in your life. And why would you leave a church? Like, what would it take? What are the things that would be those trigger points for you? And so we spent the time discussing uh, a poll that was taken. Um, between the, the 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 groups that we could find of our friends that would take it, and uh, it was interesting results. Uh, we found some some curious things that we thought would maybe be a little bit different or maybe a little bit more important, and instead uh, they were less. And so um, our conversation went a little bit longer than usual. So it is a little bit of a longer podcast, but if it's something that you're interested in, I think you're going to be you can be pleasantly surprised at some of the results. So uh, here is my conversation with Tim Yorty of Yakking with Yorty. Welcome to the Yakking with Yorty podcast, Joe. Well, actually, we're doing this as a crossover episode with your podcast. Why is that important? So welcome. Hey, well, I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's, it's weird to be on the other side of this. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping this is more of a conversation, less of an interview. Um, uh, not really. I just, I don't know. I think it goes better, and you know, especially since we know each other so well. I was, I was really hoping to just do all the talking. So, um, so, in, so interview. not like your podcast then. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> like it's your your podcast interviewing me. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, I, we, I haven't we, written any cool books or anything. Like you've had other really cool guests, and I'm I'm just another podcast host. You know, I've got a, I've got a lot of cool ones lined up that just, we keep having to reschedule. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's all us uncool people that are able to make it happen. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I was thinking that your podcast is called, why is that important? And, and my podcast is called yakking with Yordi. So I was thinking, you know, are, are we going to mash up the names of them here? I, I had an idea in mind. We like could yak- call it yakking that important. <laughs> Well, I, I was going to get a little more specific. Yakking uh, with Yordi is that important. Oh, I, I okay. Like the, I like the sound of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that favors yours a little bit, a little bit much. Uh, I, I still like it though. All right, uh, all right. Maybe, maybe we should mash up our theme songs too. Like when we edit it afterwards. There you go. I like it. <laughs> I, might, I like it. I might sound terrible, but 
Anyway, so who is this Joe Joe Wanger guy? Uh, Joe and I have been friends for forever. We played in a pop punk band named Crewmen Number no. Seven a little more than a decade decade ago, and we had a chance to record an album down in Nashville. We played a lot of shows, sold a bunch of CDs. Then then Joe got hooked on drugs, and the whole thing fell apart. Uh, no, so this is this is oh okay. So that other, part wasn't other true. people felt do, like do college your kids was listen important. To these things? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. they don't. They I, they've tried. I, they actually have a, uh, tablets and they've got podcast apps and they start listening and they're like, "Dad, I'm bored." <laughs> so, <laughs> like, All right, whatever. <laughs> My kids haven't haven't shown much interest. I mean, they 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 know I record them, but uh, I don't I don't try and make them listen to them or anything. <laughs> listen to your dad talk for an hour. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, so you know, I still think. I still think we should do a reunion tour sometime called the the older, fatter, balder, the crewman number seven experience. I'll be wearing less cutoff tees. I forgot you wore those. I've seen <laughs> pictures and I'm just like, what was I thinking? That's terrible. Uh, yeah. What about my long curly hair? <laughs> that was nice too. You're always wearing jeans. You're always like in a different uh, era of clothing. Yeah. Was, it was. Yeah. Well, I was the old man in the group, but. Yeah, it was, I, I appreciate it, you know, back when I used to work in retail and I had employees and they randomly found the songs with the pictures and stuff one day. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't really need this at work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we've bored everybody on both of our audiences going down. Oh, no, no. I'm <laughs> sure they love it. They do. Sure. <laughs> they love they... our nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, so our, our main topic today is I, I conducted a poll about why you might leave your church, and Joe, you contributed a few questions to that as well, and we got a lot of responses. You you brought in your audience, got more responses that way. We're going to get to that, but first I wanted to do the news. I need like a news theme song here. Yes, yeah, like that. You know, my, my fir- the first time I did this news section, and I, I called it strange news, and I didn't really like that. And then the last episode, I, I called it the uh, Pine Ca- Podcast Crime Journal, but I figured that limited me to crime news. I just <laughs> a lot of podcasts do news sections, and I just I, I'm trying to make mine a little unique, and I'm failing so far. So today, it's just the, the, yak the news, <laughs> the Yak Attack news. We'll do we'll do the embarrassing Pennsylvania story. I seem to have one of those every time. We'll do that it's, one first. <laughs> I mean, I, I, maybe it's just confirmation bias, but every time I listen to yours and I go, really, does it have to be Pennsylvania? <laughs> you know, okay, so I had I had a guest. Uh, well, I was supposed to have a guest from Maryland, and that didn't work out. I tried to find some embarrassing Maryland news, and I found nothing. <laughs> and then I, when I was traveling in North Carolina, I did an episode from down there, and I, I tried to find some embarrassing stuff from down there. couldn't find anything. Pennsylvania, just it's so easy for some reason. <laughs> I mean, we're just more honest, so we're, we, we don't censor. I think that's that's really what it's coming down to. That's Let's let's go with that yeah that's we're, we're a more open society up here mm-hmm. uh get your act together rest of the country we're, we're fine with uh, our flaws yeah <laughs> yeah come on come on all Maryland. right this comes from wnep channel 16 uh from pocono township police say two women dressed as nuns tried to hold up a bank in the poconos on monday <laughs> oh yeah that's they, real i saw i saw a video of that <laughs> yeah okay so the article, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to the article. They came in, they were dressed as nuns, they had a handgun, but they left without taking anything when the person activated the alarm. But the article says they're dressed as nuns. How do we really know they aren't actual nuns? 
That's a good point. I mean, well, that's the. I think that's the why they dressed up. Well, why theoretically they dressed up as nuns because they're completely unsuspecting. Right. Well, and and as a follow up to that, they weren't found afterwards. How do we know one of them wasn't the flying nun? Nun. Oh, you're, like, you're, nope. you're too young for that TV show. I'm yep. too young for that TV show. All right. <laughs> Bad reference. I'm hoping by the, the age ranges on some of the people that took the pool that some of them got that joke. But uh, well, it, it, there, was a, there was another article. I, I think it was from Pennsylvania um, just a week before where a man dressed as a woman in a wig tried to rob a bank. And on that one, I was like, well, they're saying it was a man dressed as a woman, but you know, in this day and age, what if he actually identifies as a woman? How do they know? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, take get... it, like, to the extreme, like... Yeah, like... Like, no, you, you have can't to even... call that, that, that was a woman. <laughs> yeah, you can't even identify in a lineup or something. Well, it was a woman when I saw him. <laughs> like, oh, boy. All right, so, yeah, Pennsylvania, nuns robbing banks now. Not sure what's going on. Just in the right, we, Yeah, I do have, I do have a more uplifting story. Um, this is probably my first time... <laughs> <laughs> of having an uplifting story. Uh, and it's not from Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay. It's not, right. Nothing uplifting uh, happens in Pennsylvania. No, I'm sure there's some. I could I, I could probably put a little more effort into finding some uplifting stuff from Pennsylvania, but where's the well, fun in that? Like, that's just, Again, that's central Pennsylvania. They don't like to brag. Again, I'm just trying to make Pennsylvania out to be better than they probably are. Could be. Okay. So our uplifting story for the day. A Catholic priest has used a kayak to get from his home in southeast Houston to higher ground and hoped to say mass for people stranded in the streets. So, and then he tried to buy wine for the for the for the mass at a convenience store, but he couldn't because the the stores were closed on Sunday. Not closed because of flooding, just because it was Sunday. <laughs> yeah, no, no, whoa, we're still open. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a great quote he said he told the, the houston tv station that this was how america was evangelized by canoe so he's still out there trying to do his job so i, I thought that was pretty cool that is yeah that's interesting i mean i've seen other people doing interesting things with canoes and videos but that's a good that's good trying to keep church going yeah so i assume that the, the church i think it said is on higher ground so that's not flooded all right that's that's the news fascinating I, um, I I love how there's a Catholic theme in there too. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but oh, they were. I didn't even think the, about that. You got the nuns and the priests, <laughs> the nuns robbing the bank. But let's let's get them out of the hot water. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even put that together on purpose. That was funny. The past, the the priest at one point had said, "Come hell or high water, we're gonna have church this Sunday." And this week he got to <laughs> deal with deal with the second half. But, well, the, my only question with the priest one was, okay, he was going to buy wine for the mass, right? Yep. But I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not really up on my all of my Catholic stuff. But my impression of the wine that they use for mass is that it's, uh, you know, it's something special about it. You know, as far as how it's how it's uh, it gets prepared bl- and all it's that. Like, yeah, it's like water. It actually, I, my understanding is that they actually bless it, and then it becomes holy. I gotcha. That's, that's what holy water is. There's... All right, so so yeah. So the liquor, the liquor store wine was in, was going to be was going to be turned into something better per per Catholic uh, uh, teachings, I suppose. That's my assumption, but I'm not Catholic, so I could be completely wrong. <laughs> I'll I'll ask my wife later because um, she's she's of the the Catholic persuasion. 
So I'll, I'll, I'll do a follow-up. <laughs> was she in the Poconos recently? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not a nun, obviously. She's well, married. She, dress, she dressed up like one. Uh, Isn't she's, that changing now or something? Uh, I don't think so. Not officially, I don't think. I've just offended so many people. Yeah. This is, I... <laughs> Oh boy, here we go. Anyway. Okay, so <laughs> so the why real would you topic leave a church? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I used to go to the uh, church with this guy named Joe, and <laughs> I just that couldn't take so, it anymore. <laughs> that sounds crap on his podcast. Take it. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I I kind of wanted you to be on this episode is because you and I uh, went to the same church. We grew up in the same church. Uh, we've now both left that church uh, for different reasons and, and at different times, like a decade apart from each other. Um, and But we both kind of left it when the church was sort of in a state of transition as well. Oh, yeah. So I thought, you know, we're, we're sort of like a control group <laughs> of, <laughs> of why you might leave your church. So, yeah, we, we had a bunch of questions on here and uh, got some really interesting responses. Uh, some things that people felt pretty strongly about. Other ones were the, the, you know, the it was, things were more split. I don't know if we want to go through each question by question or if there's anything that stood out to you specifically. Well, first off, the thing the thing that I think it's important to note ahead of time is that over 50% of the results came from 26 to 35 year olds. So like kind of that millennial range. So um, kind of our friends. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of our friends. But I mean, I saw some of the some of the emails and I recognize the name, so it's not it's not all that. Um so that was but I just thought the the results were skewed slightly by generation. It's just something to notice ahead of time. But, you know, beyond that, it was still fairly evenly split, except for there was, like, no teenagers that took the took it. Did I don't any think... Teen- it, no, any? I One. think the youngest... One. Well, well, 17 to 25. So it's, yeah. you know... So probably the higher end of that. I don't think either of us has too many uh, teenage friends. I mean, you're a few years younger than me, but... Um, oh, that's all I have. Just teenage friends. Oh, not, well, not, not true at all. There's, there's, you've, you've always had a problem with maturity, so <laughs> it's valid <laughs> on so many levels. <laughs> all right. So, well, the first question on it was the, the church leadership is perceived as secretive about church matters. And on that one, it was a scale of one to five, one being you wouldn't leave your church at all, five being you're definitely leaving. So the bulk of the responses came from the fours and fives, about close to 70% of people said, if, if the church leadership is secretive, you know, we're, we're probably out of here. And and I think that's, yeah. as you pointed out, with the younger age, that's probably more um, uh, something that they're sensitive to, I think. I mean, I think all generations are, but yeah, we're the millennial generation just hates when institutions are all weirdly secretive about stuff. So, uh, but I was, I was still, I was surprised it was that high in some ways because it's, it's about perception, not even like they are being secretive. It's, uh, right. That's well, and I guess it depends if you're on it, if you're one of the people in on the secret. <laughs> well, that's valid. Well, I mean, well, you, as long as I, as long as stuff. I'm in the, sh- as long as I'm in the shadow church, I'm fine. I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, the the one that surprises me is the one, the one I'm staying. It, it, it doesn't yeah, matter. They don't, one, <laughs> one person said they don't care. <laughs> so we had some, a few twos and a few threes. A lot of fours and fives. One person, though, they were like, I'm in it for the long haul. I don't care if they're secretive. I don't want to know. I'm I'm here for Jesus. 
<laughs> I'm really sorry to the person who left that one response. We're not actually making fun of you personally. <laughs> it's just so completely like opposite of, of what I've come to expect. I mean, I think, I think we want to, we, we want leaders just in general that we can trust. And so I think even all, a lot of these other things, if, even if everything is going well and the church is going in a path that seems like it's, it's, is healthy if it seems like there's just weird stuff going on in the background uh, behind closed doors, it, it messes. I think it really can mess with people's uh, people's minds and their potential spiritual health. It seems like not everybody, um, not everybody that attends a church is necessarily even, they don't necessarily have the level of awareness sometimes of, of some maybe not so great stuff happening behind the scenes. You know what I mean? It, there's, yeah. there, there's, I don't want to say different levels of church members, but there's different levels of, of involvement in church matters sometimes. And, and yeah. some people, they might be there almost every Sunday, but they just might not even be kind of in tune to what's, what's, you know, the culture that's happening that that's taking place. Um, so, yeah. And I thought the next question where it talks about church leaders making a doctrinal statement that you disagree with the, the split on the responses was almost identical where, you know, people said they were most likely to leave if, if that happened in their church. And I think the, the real simple takeaway from that is people, you know, they, they want to be somewhere where they are in agreement with, with what's being taught. And specifically, uh, well, the next question, the next question I thought was, was, was interesting. The, the, the taking a political <laughs> yeah. stand. They, you would, I would have thought that that would have more of a response of, I'm going to leave the church. You know, if, if a church leader would have, if I would have been sitting in a church where the church leader endorsed Trump for president or Hillary for president, either one, I would have been very uncomfortable with that. I don't, you know what I mean? It's illegal it just, for one, but. <laughs> well, <laughs> but they find ways of, of saying it without saying it a lot of times. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, the majority of people—I shouldn't even say that—about thirty-five percent of people said, uh, you know, they they'd probably leave if the church did that. Uh, most people were neutral on that one. It, it just—I don't know. I, I expected more of a strong response to that. Well, so I talked to a couple people after the fact um, that took this, and and they were like, "So my problem is there's like more context needed in some of these." And I think I think these two really stand out for that because a church leader making a doctrinal statement that you disagree with, like saying it and then retracting it a week later is different than no, no, like this is right. And we're, this is the way the church is heading or, you know, like, Hey, everybody needs to go vote for Trump. (laughs) It's different than, uh, I mean, you know, we got a guy (laughs) who's there who who has this, this and this. And I feel like, you know, maybe, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But well, and, and these questions, they didn't really address, kind of the larger, um, the denominations that have sort of a hierarchy outside of the local church that a lot of times will make, um, belief statements and stuff that, um, you know, I'm trying to think what, I think the Methodists dealt with it in the recent years and a couple other denominations where the hierarchy, the national hierarchy made position statement on something that some of the local churches didn't agree with. And it's like, well, Wait, are we still going to follow this? Is still still going to stay within this denomination? Then, so that that was kind of a larger thing that that sometimes takes place where uh, local churches need to decide together whether they're going to stick with something or not. But that yeah, yeah. that wasn't really addressed in the pool. 
Well, and there's so much nuance in all of this, but it was just kind of like getting a snapshot. And yeah, I was, I, I was, I, you're right. I was kind of surprised that there wasn't at least a slight bend more towards the I'd probably leave for the po- the political stand, especially with the this last election, just how how polarized and how like ticked off people people were there was yeah maybe i'm just becoming more aware of it as i get older but it's it just seemed like there was a significant level of of uptick in people's pissiness <laughs> yeah That's- you make a good point as far as this recent election and again going back to who most of the people who took the poll were you know the younger people tend to be a little more politically engaged uh, yeah. i think as you get older you you start to realize that you know maybe Maybe the things happening in Washington aren't as life and death as as the you know, talking heads on TV and the radio and stuff would lead you to believe. Although I just realized two people did not re- actually respond to that one. <laughs> yeah. Not, not everybody responded to everyone. That's a good point. So the next one, I I, I, I phrased this one uh, this way on purpose, and I feel yeah, like... it was weird, man. <laughs> was, I, well, I, I feel like it. a lot of people uh, haven't really heard it addressed that way. So the question was, or the statement was, the church applies Paul's instruction to the church in Corinth on the role of women in the church to modern day church organization. So you know, Paul, when Paul uh, was talking about um, you know, women in the church, he, he talks about um, women shouldn't... Um, shouldn't be teaching men. They should, they should learn at home from their, from their husbands. They shouldn't be you know, speaking in church. That's that kind of stuff. And this was, this was in one of his letters he wrote to the church in Corinth. So I, I phrased the question this way on purpose that people were basically being asked, does what Paul wrote in those letters apply to all churches everywhere for all time? Or was it specific to that church in a situation that that church had in that culture and then the results on this one were pretty pretty mixed uh it was kind (laughs) of across the board there's a lot of different responses (laughs) well it was either like yeah i mean i'd probably stay i'm I'm, yeah (laughs) to like nope i'm out (laughs) you know what i mean it was like nobody was like yeah i'm definitely in and nobody was like "Uh, i'd probably leave (laughs) Uh, yeah, we had a few on each end, uh, but in general, the bulk of the people were in the middle. Like, uh, it wasn't they, they probably didn't have much of an opinion on it, and that that could be because of how I phrased the question. But I, I, I didn't want to just flat out pose the, the the most traditional view of women should never be allowed to do these things in church, and and leave the statement as that, or or women yeah. should be free to do everything in church. I wanted to just put it as let's look at Paul's letter for what it is, and and see how people respond. So. All right, the preaching is boring. <laughs> <laughs> this one actually surprised me. <laughs> what, in what way? I, I thought people would be a little more in the like mostly in the neutral to I might stick it out category, but it was it was actually opposite. It was mostly neutral to I'd probably leave. Yeah, and I mean that that kind of fits with uh, you know the, the personality preaching that we have in a, in a lot of churches today. I mean we were. The the pastor is he's basically like the quarterback of the football team, you know. He gets all the attention, and and that's just the way a lot of uh, you know American churches are, are set up. So people they they don't want to be bored. They want to. It, it wouldn't be fair to say they want to be entertained, but they want something that's uh, a little more lively, I guess. Well, I was gonna I was gonna say too. I was like, you could almost say too. It should be in it. 
we feel like the preaching should be engaging and that doesn't necessarily yeah, that's a better mean word. Yeah. that that people are about the, like the board or the entertainment aspect but if they're if they're sitting week to week to week and what they're getting is not like sustenance and food um and it, not sustenance is not a good word preaching is from sunday sunday is not the thing that's supposed to carry you through um but if they're not getting something that's like encouraging their spirits or and moving them more towards towards christ um that's kind of what i was looked looked at when i took the took the survey was it wasn't as much about it being boring but it wasn't engaging it wasn't engaging my mind it wasn't engaging my heart right I I was um, a few weeks back. I, I visited a church up this way um, on a Sunday night. I've been trying to the, up in this area, this rural area where I live. There's not a lot of um, church services that are kind of outside the normal, whether it be Sunday night or Saturday night or something. And I've just been trying to find something that fits my fits my schedule and a little bit better to be there more often. But so I visited this church on a, on a Sunday night and. I went in and the average age of the people there was probably about 70 years old <laughs> and there was about 11 people total. And you went in with the, your tube top and <laughs> I was wearing, well, I was wearing jeans and I was wearing jeans and a decent shirt, man, even on a Sunday night, you know, everyone's wearing suits and oh, we were in dresses like, Oh, I'm, I'm way underdressed for this place. <laughs> but, but I sat there and, um, Rebel. You know, the, the, even though there was only like 11 people there, the pastor, he was this guy, probably in his sixties, just, just this fiery, passionate message for like an hour. And I'm just like, man, I was so impressed by this guy. And I didn't even like theologically agree with everything he was teaching, but just the, the passion to get up there and, and do what you've been called to do, no matter how many people are there and just, just bringing that, that passion to your, to your sermon. I just, I don't know. I was impressed with it. It was, it was pretty cool, but it was it was also a little awkward. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to break off from the pool here a little bit to, to explain something about this. So this, this church is not too far from me, but they don't have any sign out front saying when their service times are like none at all. And they don't have any website. They don't have any pre- web presence at all. Like, how do you find out when these, you know, when, when the services are, cause I would see this church. I wanted to check it out. So a few months, a couple months back, I called the a phone number I found on the internet. And he answers, he talks to me, he tells me the service times and everything. This was, I want to say it was back in like May or something. And I just, things kept coming up. I didn't have a chance to go. So I go and I sit in the back of the, the service, you know, and the pastor gets up and he's starting his thing. And he's like, and this young man in the back, I, I, I'm going to guess he's the man that called me back a while ago. I think his name's Tim. I've been, I, you've heard me mention him many times from up here. I'm like, I Whoa. called you once. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was uh, to remember it, and you know, I'm, I'm guessing they don't get too many visitors. But well, Jesus, yeah, had, was... Jesus had twelve disciples, and you were the twelfth oh, person there. They were, they're like Timothy, my son. <laughs> yeah, but but Timothy wasn't one of the disciples. So I know, but um, they were following in the footsteps. So they're, they're gotcha. holding to the model, and they're like, it has to be a Bible name guy. <laughs> but yeah, so I apparently I felt really bad then that I had talked to him months prior and then finally showed up. Apparently, they had been really been waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, sorry. <laughs> uh, here I am in my jeans and my my polo shirt. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's such a. It, what's funny is it, it. It's kind of a testament to the smaller local body and what church used to be, where people were were remembered and. Like, I mean, 
to me, like it's you can kind of like what we're doing. We kind of laugh about it a little bit because it seems so archaic in a way, or uh, sad to some that that they were just waiting for this one guy to come. But at the same time, they remembered you. I mean, he the guy remembered your name from months ago. I mean, that's yeah, from a five minute phone conversation where I said my name one time. <laughs> I mean, that you don't you can't get that you can't get that even at, at a at a medium sized church. You know, at, at a five hundred person church for the pastor to remember you. Is it would be exceptionally impressive, um, and almost a miracle. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and <clears throat> when I was when I was younger, I was, uh, I was maybe a little more into the idea of more of a, like a really upbeat church service, larger ch- larger church wouldn't have cared. But as I get older, man, I just I want a small church where I can know people, you know, and and have community with 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 those people and not you know i feel like in a larger church you could go for a couple months and not know anybody still just because you're one of a face of hundreds you know what i mean and that's, yeah. and that's not to that's not to judge larger churches or anything it's because just you're a millennial it's well <laughs> i'm i'm at the high end of millennial i'm like doesn't matter they're all the same <laughs> <laughs> that's what everybody tells you right <laughs> Uh, well, only only your friends on Facebook. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a story for another time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we should get back to the topic at hand, probably. Um, so Joel Osteen. Next question. Speaking of large churches, <laughs> oh, I skipped right over Joel Osteen. Uh, yeah. So I liked this one. The sermons are and. Boy, I feel bad for people who didn't actually take the poll because I felt like the the little messages I put next to each question were golden. Like, <laughs> I I could tell you really enjoyed those. I was like, that's I very did, Tim. At, at the same time, though, like I was wondering if I was like <clears throat> affecting the results at all. <laughs> I doubt it. You know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this question. I'm going to read the question. Then I'm going to I'm going to flip back over so I can see what what the. Uh, what the statements I put next to it was like, I can't remember. So the, the statement was the sermons are all Joel Osteen and not at all sinners in the hands of an angry God. <laughs> so all, all fluff and positive thinking and not, uh, not any fire and brimstone, which most people said they would leave, which makes sense. Our, our circles are probably tend towards the conservative side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the statement I made on this one, if for people who were staying, was I'm singing to the promise. <laughs> I'm staying. <laughs> that's my Joel Osteen impression. Uh, uh, have you ever heard him say I'm si- sing to the promise? I have. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, and then I'm trying uh, not to mock anyone, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Ice, you know, I, I don't want to isolate anyone. I brought him up. <clears throat> I brought him up on episode two and kind of made fun of him a little bit. I think, and then actually, my my last episode I did. Um, I, I kind of brought him up again, but I edited it out things. I was like, I, I can't, I can't do it again. <laughs> Tim, you keep talking about Joel Osteen. <laughs> do you I'm going to get myself sued. <laughs> well, Hey, he, uh, he, they finally opened up their church or something. I saw, yeah. I was like, to be fair, like it, it, it's only Tuesday. <laughs> like, the ch- yeah. The church hasn't said it's going to happen. Maybe they were getting some stuff planned. <laughs> Well, and they're not exactly, I mean, it might be a large facility, but they're not necessarily equipped for sheltering purposes, you know? So, right. I, I'm, I'm more than willing to, to pile on that guy usually, but I think that, I thought that one was a little overblown. So and, did I. Uh, I, was, I mean, at the very least they could just said, Hey, you know, we're not, we're going to take all of our offering from this week. And instead of, 
or in, instead of fifty million dollars coming in for this week, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> give it out for relief. That would make more sense. But yeah, he, he was he was probably like, "All right, I'll give up my second jet. <laughs> 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 only only, only oh, Osteen one will be flying this week." <laughs> Oh wow! All right, this so, one didn't. This one didn't surprise me. Yeah, most people. Most people said they're they're not really into uh, the the fluff things of of the Joel Osteen types, and that it, I guess it surprised me a little bit because I guess just I don't know the perception is you see so much of that kind of stuff on TV, not just with him but other TV preachers, and you think, well, this is this this is like the norm. A lot of people love this. Their churches are huge, but. Uh, and again, yeah, maybe it was affected by, by who our friends are and who our listeners are, but yeah, most people said they, uh, they wanted a little more sinners in the hands of an angry God. <laughs> I think the next question, I think people lied. <laughs> if the past, <laughs> yeah, like, the pa- like, the oh, pastor, no, I, I'd, I'd stay totally. The pastor stay. or priest leaves the church. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, we didn't have anybody say that they would definitely leave or most likely leave on that one. They were either staying or they're most likely staying. I mean, it was just solid to Which, the, to the left-hand side. My, my experience twice <laughs> now, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I left, uh, I left the, the church we grew up in. Uh, I can't remember if the pastor that just left now, if he had, I think he had arrived um, shortly, shortly after I left, maybe. I don't know. It's been like 10 years at this point. Uh, But I didn't, I don't know if I felt that my leaving had, had anything to do with the pastor transition. Um, You know, there's a lot of different factors at the time. Yeah, that's valid. I know yours, yours is, you left for completely different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit, but we can, we can get into a little bit here. But one thing that I didn't ask, the, the poll was all about situations that happen in the church where what wasn't asked on any of it was situations that happen in, in your heart. So there's a couple different types of those that could be one is you could lose your faith and just leave church. That, that happens. Or you could do what I believe you and your wife are kind of doing is you feel called to go elsewhere at this point. Was that your segue for me to talk about that? Or Yeah, I, I assumed you'd jump in there. This is this is a podcast, Joe. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. We, we have conversations. I'm used to asking the questions. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be anywhere from... I mean, just just work-related calling type of things where maybe you feel like you need to move out or for for us. for We felt like with all of the things going on in the world today with with race and um, and just the the just I'm trying to think of the word word to use. um, But with all the conflict that comes in with that, we realized that we were pretty comfortable with where we were where we were at. And we wanted to be in a place where, um, where it was more diverse, where we were forced to be around the cultures that are not like ours. Um, and Palmyra, um, just unfortunately, is not that culture. In fact, we've, we've now met somebody that, that goes to another church, and they, they happen to visit our church, but they go to another church in Harrisburg, and they were like, yeah, like every church I walk into, like there it's just all white people and i just don't ever feel welcomed and we were kind of all joking about you know, about that and um and so that was a huge huge thing for us cuz especially for our children we want them 
to grow up where um, where race is just is just something that they don't think about from a standpoint of of us versus them, but it's just a just we are human beings, we are people, and then the extra component for that with us is um, I believe the church is the mechanism to to defeat race racism. I think it always has been, and I think we're moving into a, a different phase here uh, recently. Um, where people are starting to analyze it a little differently and see things um, a different way. So that, that was just, that was for us what, the, what we felt, we felt called to, to be a part of that and to be able to use our resources and our desire to, to move into the city and be a part of that, that reconciliation. Because um, it, when you, this is such a longer topic, but um, when you look at, the the systemic issues, the things that have have happened a long time ago that people are still now paying for. Um, it's really hard to ask uh, black people to say, "Hey, why don't you guys move out of um, your the black communities into white communities?" Because um, generally, white people have trouble with that. And so, if we can if we can make the other way happen, um, where white people are willing to move into um, black or, or any, uh, any ethnicity, uh, communities and be willing to be come alongside and be part of and understand cultures that are different than theirs. I think God is, is really, um, willing and wants to bless that, but cool. Uh, I've, I know you're a fan of the Phil Vischer podcast, just like I am. Have you listened to the, his episode for this week? I, I just finished that today and I told my wife, I'm like, you got to listen to this. This is, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, like uh, I've, I've heard a bunch of that stuff, but Man, he filled in some gaps there that I was just I was just flabbergasted at at, at how difficult we have made it for people in this generation. Yeah, I, and for those of you listening, if you haven't listened to the Phil Vischer podcast, uh, he's he's the guy that uh, created VeggieTales, and the, the podcast is not about VeggieTales at all. But they they talk about different Christian culture things, and this episode this week was on racism in America and the history of it. And it was yeah. really informative. I, I learned a lot of stuff I didn't know before. So, and it was almost yeah, all def- statistic based. I mean, it wasn't, yeah, so it, like wasn't it wasn't opinion. It was just, these yeah. are things that happened and here's how they impacted uh, the black community. Right. And, and I mean, there, there's questions that could have been asked about a couple things that, that he brought up and we're not going to go down a whole, you know, this, <laughs> we're getting way off our own topic here, but yeah. uh, it's, Definitely worth listening to. Um, yep, so yeah. I agree. Just so skip turn all the this, fluffy turn, stuff turn in the this, beginning. Yeah, turn this podcast off right now. <laughs> <laughs> just stop listening to us and go listen to him. I actually They're way asked better him, at it. I promise you. <laughs> I asked him if uh, we could if that if the slides he's going to make those available because I would love to just study those a little bit more. But oh yeah, if you uh, if you happen to get them, uh, let me let me know. I'd like to see okay. them myself. So scandalous. Next question. Yep. Uh, the pastor or priest is found to have engaged in a sin considered to be a sor- serious moral failing. Um, interesting in this one, uh, only a few people said they would definitely leave. Not one person said they would definitely stay. There was like a lot in the middle that they were like, uh, you know, pr- that's probably one where you're going to see how it plays out. You know, if, and it if, probably uh, is based on your experience. Like if you've been in part of a church where that's happened and they've dealt with it properly, like you're probably like, okay, like, I, I think I would probably stay. Just because it happened is not a reason to leave, but how it's dealt with um, is probably more or less the reason why you'd, you'd, you'd stay or go. Right. Well, and how it's dealt with, you know, is a matter of, is the pastor staying or is, is he going? You yeah. Know, is, is, it, it's true. There's a, there's, 
you know, certain questions there. And, you know, I, I do want to jump back to the last question real quick, uh, where it was the, the pastor or priest leaves the church. We have sort of an evangelical perspective on that. But when you go to um, like the Catholic um, church, their priests are just assigned different areas. So, you know, at, at any given time, the priest might get, you know, moved somewhere else and you got a new one. Like they, they don't pick the priests. And so there's not that same level of, uh, okay, he's, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, in the evangelical church. Role. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they hire the pastor and if they don't like what he's doing, then they might get rid of him. But it's that, that authority is outside of the local congregation there. Um, and so you don't, you don't have, I think I have a feeling that they deal with a lot less of uh, people leaving over over that sort of issue than than evangelical churches. That's that's just a guess on my part, but I think they deal with people trying to pull an end around more, like going to the bishop above your pastor and saying this guy needs to go. Oh uh, well, possibly, yeah. I just meant as far as it it happens and it's and it's not in their control. Yeah, that's usually. True. I mean, as far as. <laughs> You might be right, you know, in, in that sense. But all right, so we got to keep moving here. The next section <laughs> is yeah, we're getting, we're getting way stuff. long, but that's okay. I, you know, I like long, I like long discussions. So hopefully the listeners do too. But yeah, I'm, uh, we can just do part one and part two. <laughs> you do part, part one on my pa- my podcast and part two on yours, or vice versa. Uh, no, let's get it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting into the good stuff, the stuff that has yeah. caused many churches to to split or. Uh, yeah, like, this next section is all about music, and I kind of feel like the responses on this one were, were all kind of related. Um, yeah. So the first question is: the church uses only hymns, and we there was a there's 17 percent of people said they would leave. Um, I would. Leave. They would definitely leave if there's only only hymns. Whereas the bulk of people said that wasn't a big enough issue for them to leave. And yeah, you know, of course, a lot of people that took the poll might might prefer that it's only only hymns. The next question is almost the exact same split, though. Yep. You had about the same amount of people said they would definitely leave or mostly, most likely leave, and then the same amount of people, you know, a large majority said they would definitely stay or most likely stay. Uh, I thought I that was interesting because, you know, I would, I think maybe 20 years ago, those numbers would have been way different. Um, yeah. You know, whereas the church, <laughs> the church we grew up in, and I think a lot of churches similar to ours, uh, music and the type of music chosen was a very divisive issue for a lot of people. Yep. It, looking at the results of this poll, for most people today, that's not really the case. You know, they maybe they have a preference, but they're not going to leave their church over it. I would leave if if, it, if on either one of these, if they just used one of one or the other. Uh, you know, I don't know that I would. Um, well, if it was all modern worship, maybe I, again, as I get older and I become an old man, I, I, my fondness, <laughs> my fondness for the, the hymns. slow worship songs, I would be fine with that as long as they didn't use, make the drums too loud. You know, <laughs> you know, I, the last couple of weeks I was thinking about, uh, on, you know, Sunday nights at the church we grew up in, uh, there was, your dad was like the, the worship leader. Yeah. And he would always, he had the overhead projector and he would put these, you know, the overhead slides on of like these, these oh, yeah. choruses from praise and worship songs from like the eighties and seventies, and I think not even the nineties, seventies and eighties. And I was trying to think of like what those songs were. Cause you know, I enjoyed those, those choruses. I could only think of like, uh, one, which 
even that one's escaping my mind at the moment, but I have a whole book of them if you want them. Uh, I might take you up on that because, again, I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like when your church feels like a rock concert? Next question. D- yeah, not at all. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, I just came up in my Facebook memories the other day, this, this video from a church. I forget where it's at. It's some mega church where they've got these fog machines and lights and the singer is literally being lowered from the ceiling on the like, this platform. It was insane. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my this, gosh. Yeah. It was just craziness. And, uh, yeah, the, the people's responses to this question on the poll were really pretty split evenly across the board. Uh, some people okay with the rock concert thing. Some people definitely don't like that. I have a theory um, on this one. Can I, can I offer yeah. some objectivity please, on this? Please do. Yeah. So you have what the church service you just talked about. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find that. <laughs> I'm like, whose idea was that? I have no idea. It, it was, I think it was like, uh, like a promotional video they made for like a conference they were having. But even so, like, I hope like they, they were like a joke. Like that would it, be okay. It, then it seemed real serious. <laughs> oh, so there's another, ch- well, okay. There's a, there's a church that does a conference called seats conference and they did a thing where they made fun of all the, the way that church services tend to go like the cut, cookie cutter stuff. And apparently it was really good, but so our church has three LED lights. Our old, our old church had three LED lights that would change color. Um, and we wouldn't flash them. We wouldn't change colors a lot. It would mostly be each song was kind of like would change color to match maybe a background of the slide. And I was told that somebody felt like the church service was, was too much like a rock concert. And so I think in some ways this, all three of these, especially, but um, especially this one are, they're somewhat arbitrary because they said they were thinking of basically just the fact that there was colored light. They felt like it was a rock concert. And I was sitting, I was actually sitting at our kitchen table with this guy and his son when he told me this and his son goes, are you kidding me, dad? When's the last time you were at a concert? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, it's a good thing you guys didn't have stained glass windows because then you'd have colored light everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was, it was, it was just the perception of it being, being that. And yet rock concerts are completely different than what we were doing, but um, so I, in some ways I, this question's a tough one for me cause it's, uh, I'd, it'd, it'd be more fun to kind of talk to each person what they, what do they even consider a rock concert? Because there are some churches that have what most people consider rock concert, but that other people wouldn't. And like, as long as there's no fog machine or as long as the lights aren't shining in people's faces, it's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so moving moving right along to children and youth. <laughs> I phrase it that way on purpose. <laughs> like uh, children and youth services, like the people oh, yeah. who take oh, away yeah. the kids. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, I wonder if anybody's going to pick up on that. Um, all right, so first Those question children, was... Children and youth pastor, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Where children and youth services sometimes has to get involved. Oh. Oh, that. <laughs> That's no. not where I went with it. <laughs> At all. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, uh, yeah. Sure, I just offended some more people. Um, oh, you know. <laughs> so the first the first statement was children are sent off to children's church during the service. This is this is probably the way that most evangelical churches do it. They you know there's Sunday school, uh, and then during the church services, 
the 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 main church service, the children are kind of separated out, and they they go to have children's church where it's something a little more their speed. That's actually so, across more than just evangelical. We've been able to we've gone to a couple other different churches in our in our search, and they don't maybe don't send it out for the whole service, but at least a portion of it, if not if not the entire thing. Yeah, and I never even uh, I never even considered it or thought of it um, until. It, my my wife again. She's she's Catholic, and that's not something they do. So to her, you know, us going to an evangelical church, that was kind of a foreign concept for her, and so you know, that wasn't um, that's not something they do at all. So I just I, I put it in the pool here just to kind of see. And and again, most of our most of our listeners, most of um, our friends that took this poll are probably more of the evangelical persuasion. And like you said, some other denominations do it too. But um, yeah, I had, a couple Catholic, so, I had a couple Catholic friends. Yeah, and, and I think my wife took it too, so she's probably one of the ones over there on the right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally the only reason why we're not Catholic. <laughs> we don't want our children in the service with us. <laughs> Wait, we got we to gotta watch our own kids? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was, I think that was sort of my, uh, my statement, my little, my little, joke to the sides of that one too is that free babysitting (laughs) (laughs) we don't even go to the service we just bring our children (laughs) maybe that affected the amount of people who liked the idea that was that we had so many people say yeah i'm definitely staying (laughs) true could be all right the uh the youth pastor puts a big emphasis on creating a fun environment for the kids so most people in this one um they they like that idea. They want the they want the kids having some fun. Apparently, uh, not too many people had an issue with that. Yeah, again, this is another one where you know I, I would bet you most people want. Well, it depends, but I would probably still stick around at least for a little while. I struggle with this one because I'm not. I don't know. I don't know what the right way to do youth youth leadership is. I'm not a youth pastor. I've, but you know, I feel like we had. Uh, again, I'm a few years older than you, but we went through a range of different types at the church that we grew up in where uh, one of the people who was leading the youth um, was focused almost completely on, on teaching. And, you know, is our Sunday school service, you know, it wasn't much different than the main service. And then we had, uh, we had someone else that was there for a while who was kind of a mix of the two. And then we had an, another person for a short time that was just uh, <laughs> all fun ma- and stealers. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I feel like I've seen it all. I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, cause kids, they want to, they want to be somewhere to have a good time. Uh, but somehow you gotta, you gotta reach the hearts as well. And, and, and I don't have the statistics in front of me, but there's some statistics out there that, uh, you know, the, the percentage of youth that when they you know graduate high school, when they get out on their own, that that leave the church entirely, it, it's a pretty staggering statistic. So, uh, you know, by and large, what what most churches are doing for youth ministry, uh, you know, something's not working quite right with it. And and I don't, and I have no idea what it is. I'm not I'm not judging it in any way. I just I think it comes find, down to responsibility. I mean, that's it, when when the teens church are taking give, responsibility or when the youth? when teens are given responsibility as you allow them to mature and to fail and to be leaders uh, i think you tend to create much healthier environments but that that's been I, my I, experience and and i heard something uh years ago where it was it was about parents and and children and their own children but it was basically saying that that 
kids that see their parents doing real where their their faith is made real. They're not just showing up to church every Sunday. They're actually doing something with their faith that oh, yeah. those kids, the faith becomes more real to them. And I, I, I kind of wonder if it's the same way with just teens in general in churches where if the church, and we're going to kind of get into these sort of questions in the next next sections, I think, but if the church isn't necessarily very active in Christian service, if the, if the teens aren't really seeing the reality of what that looks like, then, you know, maybe it may be, maybe they're missing something. I don't know. I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think you can, you can use that example just across church in general, but yeah, we would sometimes see missionaries come in from, from overseas and they'd talk about, you know, they'd come in once a year, twice a year, and they talk about what they've been doing over there An offering would be collected to give to them. And then they, you know, we'd see them again in six months, but I can't recall too many too many things in the local area. And again, I'm not trying to criticize the church that, that we both went to. Um, I'm just trying to trying to relate my own memories and experiences there. But I can't remember too much happening where it's like, hey, we've got this service project going on. We need some people involved. Can you can you kids help us out? You know, I don't remember anything like that. It usually was like, oh, you want to go to Momentum or you want to go to camp? Here's a bunch of chores you can do for money. Right. Or, you know... Yeah, you know, raise several thousand dollars to go on a short-term mission trip overseas for a couple of weeks, you know, and 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 that was that one kid that that raised all that thousands of dollars to do that. But yeah, yep. uh, that kid was not me. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I don't think you did. You ever do anything like that? I don't. I don't think you did. I mean, I did Operation Barnabas. Oh so yeah, kind of. yeah. The yeah, it's still kind of a going away. I mean, I actually turned turned my yeah. life around. I mean, good stuff. That's a whole yeah. other story. Another podcast yeah. episode. See, that one I would do a separate episode with you for, but this one, we're finishing this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're finishing it. Uh, um, all right. So we get into some miscellaneous questions here. So you have disagreements with one or more church members. This one kind of surprised me. Uh, most people said that they would stay. Only one, only two people said that they were definitely leave or, or likely to leave if they had disagreements with one or more church members. I kind of had this impression that, that, people people head out the door when they don't get along with uh other church members uh maybe that's not true or maybe maybe both sides just dig in their heels and they're both trying to stay and make the other person leave i don't know <laughs> i mean i think so i think the reason why most people pick two is though they're like in that category of like i'd try to stay um i try and work it out just having a disagreement with people is not really it's not a it's not a big deal. It's when you start feeling like intentionally targeted that people I think tend to tend to really want to leave. Or if the disagreements with like a person in leadership or a pastor, um, if your brain was thinking, you know, if it, reading this question, just somebody a disagreement with, you just don't talk yeah. to them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not That's standing next to you in the choir. <laughs> <laughs> you take that bass guitar elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a song about that. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, hmm. someone should finish that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, just a little side note here: Joe and I have sort of been working on a on a new punk album for the past like year and a half, and it's sort of installed because of me. <laughs> I haven't been getting my own parts of it done very well, but someday, someday, we'll, we'll have some new music out there. Yeah, maybe. maybe. If I don't, if I don't scrap the Probably. whole thing, <laughs> ah, this is garbage. <laughs> this is, this is total garbage. 
All right. So uh, next question. There is known sin in the church family that has not been addressed. So this one was pretty clear. Majorities people said that they're not cool with that. If there's yep. there's some some sin going on in the church that's not being dealt with, that they would they would leave. I'm surprised there was that many in the neutral category. Ten in the neutral, and then twenty in the yeah. I'd probably leave. Yeah. Um, and that 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 amount to fifty percent uh, that said they would they would probably leave. Um, and it, Again, that's sort of vague, you know, what, what type of sin, you know, what, what's going on. Yeah. How long, how long has it been going on and has it like, what is not being addressed look yeah. like? Like, <laughs> like, like is the one person where they were like, Hey, maybe, you shouldn't do that. And yeah, that maybe the it. person <laughs> sinning puts the most money in the offering plate. So <laughs> the pa- the pastor's in a hard spot, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I, but this is my paycheck. <laughs> that's such a, again, that's another little, podcast. Little, I, I might be a little cynical. Um, you might be a little cynical. Just a little. Um, all right. So the uh, the church emphasizes local missions work over foreign missionaries. So this one was, people were pretty clear. And again, this was probably, uh, I, w- I was going to say this is probably the younger audience, but I mean, we didn't have anybody uh, on the other end of the spectrum. Everybody said they're, they're definitely staying or most likely staying if if the church does local mission work more than foreign missionaries <laughs> or they're like i don't care i just come on yeah. sundays <laughs> <laughs> mission work <laughs> i'm here for the coffee <laughs> although to be fair the the, well, the next question like if they emphasize the foreign over the local there are people that were like yeah i'd, I'd be yeah. out and, and so, the, yeah, so the next question was, is the church emphasizes foreign missionaries with little to no local community involvement so yeah the the, the bulk of people said uh they were likely to leave um if, if that was the if that was the scenario and that um i don't know that didn't surprise me either really because people won't people want to see action they want to see what the you know if I just give money and that money ends up overseas, that's great. You know, it's helping some somebody somewhere overseas. Great. But then I, that doesn't absolve me of my own service, you know, my own uh, call to serve Christian service. Right. But would you leave the church? That's, that was the part that got me. I expected that category to be more, more in the neutral, but there was, I mean, 43% of people said, no, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Like, I'm probably out. That that was the part that got me. Like they'd actually leave. So people want want the opportunity to be involved. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They want to be personally involved. They don't aside from just their checkbook. Uh, so church service times don't match your schedule. Uh, this one was kind of had a broad range of responses, but most people said they would stay. Now, now here's my question on that: If most people are staying, but they can't make it to church, <laughs> they, <laughs> well, they, they well they would adjust their schedule. Would they, or would they say, oh, can't make it this week. Sorry, Pastor. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> maybe true, too. <laughs> Those are all the neutrals. And then all the probably's, probably stays were like, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd make most of them. And the yeses were like, I mean, you got to be at church. Yeah, yeah. You can't, can't miss church. <laughs> Three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're setting up something for a whole series here. <laughs> yeah, uh, pagan Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> so the the next question is I should keep saying question. The next statement is the church does not seem to grow. Um, nobody said they would definitely leave over. Some people said they'd probably leave. Uh, a lot of neutrals and and some people said they would definitely stay. So uh, I I feel like 
church growth yeah. is, is focused on a lot in a lot of areas and especially by church leadership, but uh, the average church goer, they, they're not so concerned about the church growing. Which is kind of, I mean, man, that's a tough, that's a tough call on that one because in some respects, like, yeah, like if the church isn't growing, but is doing well and healthy, I don't know. I, this is a, that's such a longer discussion, but it seems like we should care about the church growing at least a little bit. Um, but that kind of goes back to the model of, of how you're doing church too. I've, I've always kind of thought that your numbers should kind of stay equal. And by that, I mean that your people that are mature in their faith and have been there for years, it's time for them to leave. (laughs) You don't need to be there every Sunday. You've heard it all. You know what I mean? Like, not that you've heard it all, you know what you're, but honestly, listening to that same preacher preach for 45 minutes that you've heard for 20 years, what else are you going to gain from hearing one more sermon from him? Get out and be, spend time with your neighbors. You know what I mean? They're not, if they're not there in that service with you, they're not going to come meet you there. Go meet them somewhere else. Make room in the pews for somebody else. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess you could, you can look at it with the cynical bend, <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> I, I was thinking I, more I, along I thought, lines wait, of, wait, 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 that wasn't cynical. That was, that was, an, make that was room, a passion. Make, that was an impassioned plea to go, go reach the room world. in the pews. <laughs> oh, which I agree with, but I think I do think that there's there's a health in in like sending people and in, instead of just like hey you're mature, go do what you want, um, like in in engaging people that are mature to actually be leaders of new churches, which is what we see. Uh, I think is personally, I feel like is a more biblical model, um, because. If they're just like, if it's just like, oh, you've reached a certain level of maturity, go and do whatever you want. That seems a little bit. Well, um, that, that, well, you're talking more from a uh, local church organ- authority sort of, sort of perspective. I'm, I'm and I guess nah. I, I sort of presented it in that way, but I, I, I kind of more meant um, it, it shouldn't, if someone leaves the church, you know, it, it shouldn't be necessarily looked on as well they walked away from god because they're not here every sunday it should you know yes. there, church there, attendance there could be other answers maturity. you know <laughs> yes church attendance is not maturity is what you're what you're getting at like just because they're there all the time and involved in a thousand things doesn't mean that that they're mature and they should be sticking around like a, a vessel that's filled up needs to be used and emptied right and i i yeah. heard i heard someone speaking not too long ago that the person was talking about making basically being a real Christian and, but the, the bulk of what they were saying was basically being a real Christian was being, being there every Sunday. (laughs) And I'm like, well, there's there's gotta be more to it than just showing up and listening to you preach every Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, that's moralism. That's the, that's the crux of, of a moralistic church is you do the right things and you have a better life. (laughs) And that's not, and that's that's not what we're called to. Right. So the next one is the church has grown rapidly into a mega church during your time there. So only one person said they would definitely leave if that happened, but there was a the the bulk of people, forty five percent, said that they would likely leave. They they don't want they don't want to be in a church that's a mega church, basically, or they don't wanna they don't want the church that they started out with to turn into a mega church is I guess the better way to say it. I mean, there's the there's the side of it where like 
only only pastors are the ones who want large churches. I think I've heard that's how I've heard it said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some job but, security uh, there. The only thing that I, the only thing that that when I think about like large church is mega church just means thousand people or more. Right. And when you look at the first church in the New Testament, like it was three thousand people, like pretty pretty much right away, and. Heaven's a heaven's going to be a really filled place with a lot of people. <laughs> so, but I do understand the sentiment. Like you reach a point where it stops being, um, it stops being a family, and becomes uh, an organization. Right. And I think that's. I would imagine mega church now is not about the size of the church. It's it's uh, it's. I mean, it obviously is, but what drives people to leave a mega church or not be okay with a mega church is less about the size and more about the the atmosphere. Yeah, and some of the issues that can crop up with when you have a very large church is the larger an institution gets, the more uh, more money it takes to keep it running. Um, so the money that people are giving in their offering and stuff less of that is be able to be used for um, various areas of Christian service or uh, evangelism outside of the, the building. And it, it pays for, you know, a, a whole staff of pastors and worship leaders and youth leaders and secretaries and, you know, all sorts of this giant church staff that, and not to mention the, the building maintenance costs and that sort of thing. Uh, all that really eats into money that's being given, you know, to God, so to speak. So it's, you know, and, and things cost money to run, but it, the larger, the larger any organization gets, not just the church, but the larger any organization gets, the more inefficiencies get introduced into the system. The, I used to think that way. And then as I started talking to different people who are part of a thousand person plus churches, um, I think there's, there's a lot of, there are some healthy um, large churches out there that have, um, from the get-go, designed into their their mentality and their culture to to not be um, first off about the pastor. It's not about um, uh, the pastor's ego or the pastor's platform. Um, where they have you see elders preaching um, multiple times, a lot of times throughout the year as well, um, and they've also designed into their systems um, that they won't be. A church that's just about coming on Sunday and being big um, and design really good ways for people to connect and get to know each other. Um, the, the, one of the examples is my, um, my sister's church down in Texas. Uh, I, I know they're above a thousand. I don't know how, how many, how much above that. But um, my, they have fantastic systems where they get people plugged in and involved. And they're actually pretty healthy systems, too, as I've talked to my um, my brother-in-law about what they've been then taking him through as far as discipleship things and, and stuff like that. And there is a, there's, a, there's always going to be that proclivity to, to, to lean towards like getting overly involved in the church then, because it needs, it does need that like manpower. But I think, I don't know. Yeah. My perspective has shifted to a point where I feel like maybe it's possible yeah. Be healthy and be big. And and I feel like you know, maybe maybe when I do these episodes that talk about um, church issues and church culture and stuff, I I tend to maybe be a little too cynical and negative towards the towards the mega church thing. Uh, <laughs> maybe. 
Uh, well, and part and of it not, is there's ones out there that are really unhealthy, and those are the ones that really you hear unhealthy. about. You know, those are the ones yes. in the news and stuff. Those are the ones that you know uh, spend church money to make their own book a bestseller and things like that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that and right. it's it's unfair to the ones that aren't those ones that are making the news. I, I get that. Yeah. It's it it certainly is. It we're certainly at an interesting interesting time right now where churches have like the church at large has not changed. It's everybody's kind of clumped differently than they used to. And, um, but the church in culture is also getting pushed to the margins. And so you're seeing some churches really, um, work hard and do well and thrive in that margin environment and others going, why are we not, why are we 11 people? And we're not, we haven't seen a visitor in, <laughs> in a year. Hey, there's you know? Tim. I mean, yeah. And so like there's there's a there's a sense where you you go, well, who are these people talking to? Or is church just something that they're coming to? And I'm not I'm not accusing the church you, you've you've gone to for that, but there's um there's there's always this question for me on both sides of the coin is are we are we are we passionate about becoming more and more like Jesus? And are, and in that process, are we passionate about bringing people with us and discipling them? Because if we're doing those things, there's bound to be growth, uh, whether it's numerical or, or health um, or maturity, like that, that stuff's all going to happen at different times and in different seasons. Um, and so you can't just use numbers to say you're, you're growing because you may not actually be growing healthy. Yeah. I mean, it- it, when looking at this poll and thinking about these issues, I think I think one of the biggest takeaways for me is that church uh, churches come in all different flavors. Um, and while yeah. I may not I may not agree theologically in a lot of different areas with different churches and you know, the way that things are conducted there, um, the fact is that these different churches that you know, maybe maybe don't fit what I'm looking for. Obviously it does for other people. And so we could say, well, well, those, and I touched on this a lot in my episode two, uh, denominational descriptors where I had a poll about what people thought of different denominations, but, you know, we can look at, you know, other churches and say, well, they're doing it wrong. So they're wrong. Or, you know, I think, I think there's grace and, and there's, there's room for, uh, diversity in in the teachings of different churches that you have your foundation of you know Christ as the Savior. Some of those other things they just they don't matter that much, you know, that we get worked up about and that we're gonna leave oh, a, yeah. we're gonna leave our churches over and find a new one do do some church hopping. Just some of that stuff, man. It just doesn't matter that much. Just are you living for Jesus? You know, that's that's where it's. And I at. think we're seeing. I think we're seeing a pretty significant shift. This is my, this is just our perspective as, as we were looking in at churches uh, to move to find in Harrisburg before we moved was we thought we were going to go in. It was going to be hard to find a church that was, um, was about good core things. And we actually found multiple churches that were, and there's a strong movement, at least in, from what I gather in cities of churches coming together and saying like, some of this other stuff, like we can disagree on, but these people in this place need Jesus and it's time for us to break down these barriers. Who cares whether we're baptizing three times forward or three times backwards or one time, you know, who cares if 
we're doing um, if you if you if you're doing a service that is pure liturgical or uh, pure you know just w- modern worship songs all the time, like let's let's get these people that don't know about him to the point where they do, and I think. I think personally that some of this is coming from the millennials willing to break down those walls and, and cross barriers that, that they don't fit. They, they've, they struggled seeing the importance of emphasis on growing up. Um, cause it was always us versus them. Well, that church doesn't have this or that church does that. So they're not, they're pro at the very least, they're probably not biblical. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and we're going, Wait, I've met all these people from this church. I've talked to this pastor. They seem all right. <laughs> right. I mean, there's there's like a thousand, I forget the exact number, but there's like a thousand different Christian denominations. And we're like, I just happened to find the one that got it right completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's, exactly. There's a, there's a huge arrogance in that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it's just, it's ticking us up. I mean, for me, it was it's really started to, to, to rub, rub me the wrong way because it was just like... What that doesn't that doesn't make any sense, especially when you look at the passage of you know they will know you are Christians by the love that you that you have for one another, and like denominations and like subdenominations we'll call them, um, that just that that flies in the face of people saying we believe in one God and one Jesus, um, except for when we all have to get along, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> Then we're just like, eh, you probably don't want to go there. <laughs> That's Christianity, folks. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm actually encouraged. We were super we were super encouraged. I'm I'm trying to get a bunch of pastors um, that we met together to do one podcast on on Harrisburg, and I think if you can if you can hear that, I'm 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 in. I'm encouraged by the state of the church as it gets, the farther I think the church gets pushed to the side, the more people go, what's important and let's focus on that. And I'm, I think there's some, I think we're going to see a, um, some neat changes in our churches and, and in Christianity as we engage the culture in a way that's, that's different um, than we've done before, but better and healthier than we've been doing. I hope so. I think, uh, you know, as, as the old guard kind of dies off and the younger ones come up, that things, things are going to be different. I think, I think you're going to have churches that they, they either choose to water things down more and just become more of the, the positive thinking sort of fluff or, you know, get back to the Bible and give, give people something real. Uh, yep. I think... Give them, give them gospel. <laughs> well, when you see... And we're going way long here, but... When you see people, <laughs> young people that go and join ISIS or or something like that, you know, the, the Islamic State, it's, you got to wonder what's attractive about that to them. And I think part of it is that they're, they're saying, they're, they're very rigid in what they believe and they're very confident in what they believe. This is this and this is that, you know, this is black and white, whereas things have gotten a little more wishy-washy in the world of Christianity. You know what I mean? Like it, it, not, not that the Bible has changed, but I think a lot of, a lot of the teaching has been more, not, not teaching, I should even say, but a lot of the experiences we've tried to create in a lot of our churches in the last, you know, 30, 40 years has let's create a fun environment. Let's have, um, let, let's have the, the positive fluff teaching. Let's have the rock show. Let's, you know, and again, I'm not trying to 
be super cynical and knock all of that stuff because I think you know Jesus meets people where they're at and and that's that's where some people are at. But when we see young people kind of going to a religion sometimes that offers those solid answers, even if you and I would completely disagree with a lot of the answers that they're getting from that religion, um, I think it illustrates a thirst for um, you know, some just some straight black and white truth. You know. Yeah, I would. I think that's certainly a component, a strong and really big component of it. There's, there's so much more of, of what's the point of the church. And I don't think that these, these advertisements that we've created as Sunday services to get people in, uh, are doing, are cutting it anymore. And people are starting to go on. I want some, I want some meat and potatoes. Yep. I want, I want gospel. I want, I want gospel, not gospel because, as something that needs to hand it out, but I want to hear Jesus. I want to hear the good news. I need to, I need to be reminded of this. I need to be filled as I pour myself into the people um, that I'm around from Sunday afternoon until the next Sunday morning. I agree. All right. That about wraps Preach. it up. So <laughs> yeah. So this is our crossover episode. So if people want to find out more about my podcast, Yakking with Yordy, they can go to yakkingwithyordy.com. And of course I'm on all the major podcast outlets you can search it there and subscribe and there'll be links in the show notes of course and joe where can they go to find out more about why is that important well you can go to why is that important.com uh you can find us on facebook and i don't know if we're on all the major ones but we're on a bunch of <laughs> podcast places and uh yeah that's about it thanks for listening folks yeah thank you